Hello and welcome to the King's Court Podcast. Uh, my name is Sarb Saoud. This is an idea that I've had for quite a while now about wanting to start a podcast strictly on sports and mainly the NBA. With the PMA and a bunch of my friends, we always you know talk about and debate about basketball and all of our group chats or whenever we're hanging out and stuff like that. And I feel like we have pretty insightful opinions and and things to say about what's going on currently in the nba and like it's always fun to have those discussions in person or through text so i thought why not kind of put it in a podcast format so um, we can kind of make this a routine thing since we already talk about basketball so much we can kind of put it in one place and see what people said before and, and and go off of what's actually happening in the nba in terms of like playoff seating or like where people end up in free agency and stuff like that so without further ado this is the first episode and i don't know if we're gonna actually keep this going it's just kind of something we're testing out I'm not sure how often we're going to be able to upload uh, episodes and stuff like that with uh, things we got going on, but um, I would like to get it done hopefully maybe like a weekly basis type thing. And uh, this is just me and three other friends on this first episode. First friend is Saul Beg, second friend is Hamza Salim, and third friend is Raheem Chaudhry. We're all four Houston natives. Um, all four of us are kind of in different cities now. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Saul's in Dallas, Texas. Hamza's in Fort Worth, Texas. And Raheem is, is in Houston. So... All four of us are kind of not in the same place, but we're still wanting to do this podcast. And if you want to be a guest on this show for any particular week, just shoot me a text or DM me on uh, any social media, and then we'll try to work that out and see when we can get you into uh, an episode that we're recording for that particular week. So without further ado, this is my conversation for the first episode ever of the King's Court with Sahal, Hamza, and Raheem. What's up, guys? It's uh, Saul Beg over here, part-time consultant, part-time NBA enthusiast. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. All right, guys, what's up? Uh, Hamza Salim here. Uh, I'm not going to brag, you know. Um, I like to dabble in a little bit of sports, <laughs> basketball being one of them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be a part of this podcast. What's up, everyone? It's Raheem. And thank you for tuning into this podcast. Well, what a great introduction. That was beautiful. It, man. Okay. So, uh, got, our, got all five of our fans uh, interested already. I <laughs> <laughs> a few words, man. Uh, so, sorry, what's up today, man? So, we're, first topic of discussion, obviously, it's uh, post All Star game uh, time now. First games will be tomorrow, mm-hmm. Thursday. And so, it's a, looking like a real tight race in the Western Conference. We got the top mm-hmm. six in the West right now is Golden State at 1, 2, Denver, OKC 3, Portland 4, 5, Houston, us, 6 is Utah. I don't see any of those 6 dropping out from the playoff race unless like a catastrophic injury happens or something. And then at 7th, we have San Antonio, 8th, Clippers, 9th, Sacramento, and 10th, Lakers. 11 is Minnesota. So those those positions can kind of waver. So first topic is who do you think gets the 7th and 8th seed? We can start with uh, Saul answering the first question. I think uh, San Antonio State's put at seven just because uh, their schedule's a little bit tough, but I think it's like about 14th strength of schedule that they have left. There's only about 25 to 27 games left. I think they'll sneak in at seven. Uh, my surprise pick at eight is actually going to – I'm going to – I know everyone wants the Lakers to sneak in LeBron's first year. Um, I don't think he's missed the playoffs in the last 10 years, I believe. 
But I think this year he's going to miss playoffs just because he has a young team. He's been injured. Um, they're not playing well at all, in my opinion. Too much drama. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to sneak in at eight, and I think they're actually going to win a game against Golden State because I think Golden State stays put at one. I don't think anyone dethrones him. So I think Clippers sneak in at eight. But you, um, you think win one game? You think the Clippers will stay there even though they lost Tobias Harris and they cleared up a lot of cap space for the offseason? Yeah, I think they'll stay because Sacramento's uh, schedule is too hard. I don't think Lakers are in any position to make a playoff push, even though LeBron actually just tweeted today, um, playoff mode activated or something around mm-hmm. that. But I don't think they have it in them to make mm-hmm. that push to the eighth spot. Makes sense. I mean, I, I I didn't see that coming at all. I would I honestly had put I would have put Minnesota ahead of the Clippers to make it because I, I think everyone kind of agrees that the Clippers might fall. But that that's a bold prediction. We'll stick to it and monitor what goes on and see if you end up being right. So next up, we will ask Raheem. Who do you think is your seventh and eighth pick? So for seventh, I think that uh, Spurs will definitely stick in. I mean. They're they're well seasoned in pop and the management. They know they know how to ride the coast for uh, the like post All Star break. So I know for sure. Well, I just have a really good feeling that Spurs will stay in the seventh seed. I don't think they'll drop to eight. Uh, I think they'll maintain seven. I think they'll actually possibly like uh, compete with us at fifth. But ultimately, I see them being uh, five through seven. For eight seed, uh, eight seed, I gotta go with Lakers. I mean, I think I really want Kings to take eight, uh, eight seed, but I just don't think that they have the the veterans and everything to like get a good run in. And I just, I just feel like LeBron always shows up when people down, especially in the regular season. He's done it with Cleveland. I think he'll do it with uh, the Lakers. Now that uh, what's it called, Davis. The Davis uh, trade talk and stuff is gone. Yeah, it left some damage, but I definitely think that the Lakers can overcome uh, Kings and Clippers. Clippers, they traded Tobias, and that's a huge, uh, that's a huge player to give up. Yeah. He's a, he was a focal point of their offense. He was their go getter, the guy mm-hmm. who uh, gets buckets and stuff. Like I'm, I'm noticing, like Lou Will and Danilo has picked up, but ultimately when it comes down to like the wire for some of these important games they're gonna miss they're definitely gonna miss Tobias mm-hmm. Kings I think Kings will keep it close with the Lakers for eight like <laughs> I, I see them being probably like a game or two off I okay. have a strong schedule like the strength of schedule you said you said the Kings don't have that veteran presence but they did make a trade for Harrison Barnes I know he's not like a all-star or superstar kind of player but he's still a little bit of a veteran experience for like Heald and, and Fox those no, two young course, guys uh, he, he, they definitely got like that small four power forward I think that's what they needed based on their lineup so, so even despite I, that ad you think they don't make it past the Lakers no I just cause man just cause LeBron's LeBron like he he can make the the bad players better mm. he, he can definitely like create a rally you just never you know you can't count LeBron out I feel that okay yeah, I just I just can't until he, he's had a streak of making it to the playoffs in the east I know the west is hard but until you know until I see him fail I guess I, right until yeah. I see him break yeah. Yeah, yeah as for Tim Wolves Tim Wolves is in that situation with Love where they had they had a decent talent like you can consider Towns as Kevin Love back in the day mm-hmm. you know, like yeah that's a good comparison cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but they're, he, it's funny because uh, Towns is similar to Love in that play style where they, you know, mm-hmm. they don't play D you know he's good at assisting and he's good at scoring but ultimately he's not going to show up on the record mm-hmm. so I wouldn't I wouldn't value Tim Wolves not right now 
Yeah, it would be surprising if they kind of picked it up and won some games to catch the eight slot because I think those are the only five teams that are really competing. Okay, and uh, Hamza, last but not least. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I I think I actually think that the Spurs may. I mean, the Spurs and the Jazz are tied um, in terms of uh, games back. Utah's up one in the loss column. I actually think. The way that I mean, I'm Lamarcus and uh, Demar. I mean, they've been up and down, but I think that with Pop, like that team can. I think they'll end up being the six seed. Hmm. I think Utah will be seven, and I think at eight. Like I mean, just going like you don't count out LeBron. Never. Uh, that yeah. guy does anything than everything possible. I mean, in this what fifteenth year, like I don't think you can count them out. They are three games out of the eight seed, but the Clippers traded away. The Clippers are pretty much just rebuilding, so they don't really care what happens. Hmm. So I don't think that, you know, if they, like, down the stretch, if guys start getting start getting injured, like, long-term, like, if Danilo starts showing signs or whatever, if Montrezl Harrell or whatever it is, they may start resting guys or whatever it is. Like, I mean, if they make the playoffs, whatever, but for them, like, that's... They the, don't care. Legit, like, yeah. Yeah, they, they have cap space for the summer, so I they, they, they I mean, that's what, that's what it looks like. They kind of don't give much of care about this season and they're kind of focused on the off season because this is going to be one of the heaviest free agent uh, off seasons in like NBA history. You got like so many players that are ending their contract and they can end up elsewhere and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, they, I think they'll go after, I mean, that's the conversation, but they'll, have, they'll go after Kawhi and yep. Lee, I think. Yep, Besides yep. the point, I think they'll drop the Kings, like Raheem said, I don't think they have the veteran presence. And then I think their defense is kind of suspect. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. their the rating isn't that good. They've got a bunch of like Buddy Heald and uh, De'Aaron Fox are insane. Yeah, they're they're juggernauts. They're putting up good yeah. numbers. But I mean, honestly, adding Harrison Barnes, I think, like, puts you over the top. Yeah, he's, for sure. I mean, I mean he's, he's a good solid. addition, like a good third, really fourth did, rotation he, player. He really but just, really, yeah, I mean, he really didn't do anything in Dallas either. Yeah, so I don't think that, I, I think the Lakers make it, but honestly, it's going to be very close. They're, they're three games out of the eight spot, mm-hmm. so like. They and don't have to go like Herculean effort. Yeah, they do have everyone healthy now. They're getting they're gonna get Lonzo back soon too. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they'll end up going on a, on a streak. Um, but I don't know. That's I why. It's, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean that, that's the only thing. It's like it's gonna take a lot of effort for them, mm-hmm. them to come. To, you know. But with LeBron, I think anything is possible. But you know, it, it remains to be seen. We'll see. For sure. And I feel like this game tomorrow it's the Rockets versus the Lakers it's kind of a very pivotal game for both teams because we're trying to get up to a higher seed fifth is good we're in the playoff running but we don't want to be that low right because we kind of want home court against you know the first first two rounds at least you know um and the Lakers if they lose tomorrow against us which is very likely they'll be in a three-game losing streak so that's not gonna really boost their confidence and and LeBron like it would. I don't think it would be very good for the NBA if he didn't make the playoffs. Quite frankly, because like he's, oh, of course, he's yeah, ratings yeah it would just not be but good. The ratings have been down the past few years, anyways, because of the Warriors. So exactly, I mean, like, which is yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so the next topic is the trade deadline this year. Very, very interesting <laughs> dynamic of what unfolded this year. But the question remains: Is did the Lakers dodge a bullet by the Pelicans not accepting the trade because they were giving up so much? asset and so much value for just Anthony Davis or did Pelicans do the right thing by not accepting that trade because they think they can get something better through Boston or whoever else we'll start with uh, Hamza this time and then work our way back yeah I mean like in terms of 
I think, I personally think the Pelicans were kind of stupid. I mean, the Lakers literally were giving up every single thing they had to get Anthony Davis. And at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in if, if you get the best player in the trade, you win the trade. And so them getting Anthony Davis automatically puts them in the driver's seat because then they clear up space and then they'll be able to go after, they would have been able to go after somebody else in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that the, the Pelicans were stupid in not doing that, but like in hindsight now that the Lakers, like, I mean, I don't think they, I think they kind of like, because the fallout from it, like all these young guys are, you know, really emotional. It showed after, like the rumors showed that, you know, these guys were crying and stuff after, or whatever it is, you know, like they, they, they're played definitely. So I think the, both teams kind of just are worse off from the, from the whole situation. Yeah. So like, I, I think it was lose-lose for both. But I mean, at the end of the day, in the summer, like it all equate, like once the Warriors win and, you know, hopefully <laughs> breaks up, like I think the NBA... Yeah, that's, that's going to be the greatest thing for the NBA is when the Warriors are no longer the Warriors. Yeah. The best dynasty in history goes away. So we'll yeah. see. Arguably. No, you're right. They're probably the best. Anyways, um, so do you think do you think that Boston offers up Tatum and whoever else for Anthony Davis? And do you think no, that's no, a better package than they got from the Lakers? I don't think so because I feel like Kyrie's leaving. I've been like I really think the Knicks are gonna go after Kyrie and Katie. Like they have the most space. So yeah. like they're gonna go all out. And like why not have Tatum. Kyrie and, yeah, like, and Boston's not gonna give up Tatum if they don't think Kyrie's gonna come back. That's true. Really true. But which is which well, like, is like, like I mean they're not gonna uh, they're not gonna I mean if they the only guy they would ever give up would probably be Jalen Brown. But that's straight. But then who is gonna be like what Scary Terry's gonna? Yeah, be? you can't have like Terry Rozier and expect them yeah. to accept, especially so, the offer they got from the Lakers. But I think basically the worst thing that could have happened for every other team is the Lakers offering up so much because it kind of puts every other team in the offseason, especially in the offseason and at like a disadvantage because they know that like the Lakers can just turn around and offer the same thing in the summer right so their offer has to be nicer or it could work the other way actually because the Lakers could just offer a lot less and be like hey this is what we're offering now and no other team is giving you anything better than this and then you can take away a couple of draft picks or keep a couple of players and, and now it puts the Pelicans on the spot you know uh-huh. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think long term it'll end up hurting the Pelicans. I mean, they fired Del Demps, so they're going to get rid of Anthony Davis yep. eventually, yep. I think, because they're going because he doesn't want to stay there. It makes sense; they've really done nothing to help him out. But I will say, the narrative that he they haven't provided him anything because I think it's kind of BS. Like, oh yeah, yeah, they haven't had the they best, haven't they haven't had all stars. Exactly. But at the end of the day, he like and he's been a superstar for the last three four years, right? After once he signed that big deal. I can kind of see the the narrative there because they didn't do as much as like what the Bucks are doing now yeah. for Giannis, but of like course, they, yeah, yeah. it's not like they it's, gave him like nothing, you know? Like they they yeah, I mean, they, they didn't yeah. like try super hard, but they didn't like not care at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but also to to be honest, they've also had bad luck. I mean, yep. they've had whenever they had they had Eric Gordon, I understand they yep. had yep. injuries. Uh, yep. uh, Tyreek Evans, bunch of all these injury prone guys that yep. they ended up paying. Which I mean, in hindsight, like. Those guys were good, and they just ended up not working out there. Mm. Like, yeah, it sucks for him, but I still think, like, if you're at that super tough, so the problem is we want to place Andy Davis in the level of LeBron, Harden. Like, he's there talent-wise, but he's not there as an overall player. Like, mm-hmm. he can't. If you put Anthony Davis on any of these bad teams, they'll be what the Pelicans are right now. And argue, arguably, Pelicans have more talent than those teams. They've got Drew Holiday. They've got Julius Randle. They had Meritage. I mean, they've got good pieces. pieces yep. It should. At the end of the day, like their their Anthony record is Davis, not reflective of what they are right now, for sure. Yeah, they should be much better. 
Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And I think, I don't know, I just think in, in the long run, like, the Pelicans are going to end up losing it. And mm-hmm. obviously, Anthony Davis is going to go where he wants to. He's going to end up being another villain. If it's so, not this like, year, if it's not this offseason, for sure next year. Like, for sure, no yeah, he's going to be out. There's no way. Unless they re Because also the problem is he was pissed they didn't re-sign Boogie, right? And so... Yeah, that that was legit. Like we never saw Boogie and AD full, right? Mm, and so that who's to say it would be yeah, great? Yeah. But I definitely think like the the team the team did make a business decision. I mean, he come who's coming off an Achilles, and like do you really want to pay the guy? Yeah. So it is a risk. Mm-hmm. But I think like he was put off by that, so I think that was kind of like the last straw. And so like we'll see this either this summer or the next. But I think the Pelicans will end up losing. So it's yep. whatever. So Sounds good. Successful. All right, uh, then we'll go with Raheem now. All right, so uh, Pelicans, I think they dodged a bullet, like not trading with Los Angeles. I really? just don't see, I don't see, I don't see the talent. I don't see that talent for uh, trading for. I don't, I don't buy that argument line. because like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, Kuzma. I mean, Kuzma is a good piece. Do, okay, question, just just off of what you said, do you think Kuzma is right now, just currently, Kuzma is better than Tatum? Yes or no? Uh, I mean, at the moment, there's heat, there's heat checks and stuff. Like, I, I feel like Kuzma's probably just right hot right now. But Tatum has that potential, like that. Who do you think would thrive more on their own, like in the Pelican setting? Would it be Jason Tatum or Kuzma? What do you, what do you think? Tatum, Tatum. Tatum. I, I think personally Tatum. I only yeah, say that Tatum. I only say that because of what Tatum did in the playoffs last year by himself. Literally single handedly. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, he had good time. he had good people around him, but he was the leading scorer on the team. He was kind of the heart and soul of the team when Kyrie was out and they almost beat LeBron, right? So but my other my other point is Kuzma is a player that works a lot better with LeBron. I think Kuzma is the perfect complement to LeBron instead of Tatum. Like I would rather put Kuzma in that situation than Tatum. You know what I mean? So it's hard to gauge someone's value, like, because each circumstance is different. Like, I don't think Kuzma could have done what Jason Tatum did last year in the playoffs with that team. You know what I mean? Because Tatum was like, he was the guy. You know what I mean? And this year, obviously, he's in a slump, and Kuzma's having a way better year than Tatum is, like, just off of stats. But that's only know, because... Statistic-wise, if Tatum's in the slump, I just think... Uh, Tatum's actually having a pretty good year. But yeah. not as good as Kuzma. Kuzma's, Kuzma's having a better year. Yeah. 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 Which is, yeah, obvious, because he has Kyrie, Gordon's coming back from an injury. There's one ball for, like, five great players. You know what I mean? At the same time, Tatum's, like, a proven product. He's done it all the way up to the finals. He was a rookie when that happened. He, you know, he maintained composure. He's gotten respect from a lot of uh, NBA legends like Kobe and stuff like that. Kuzma's Kuzma's good too, but we haven't seen his like playoff uh, Kuzma or anything. Yeah, yeah, because that's when defenses are tighter. That's when game plans. Like the fact that Tatum was able to do what he can with people planning like you know game plans and the defensive yeah, strategy, doubling off the block or whatever. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, until Kuzma proves it, until he's on that type of. Uh, role where you know he's playing in the playoffs mm-hmm. playing in the second round and then you know conference finals then right now you gotta get him too and for so sure. that's why I think that Pelicans uh, like it was good for them to not get the Lakers because there's nothing that's like game changer mode you know the but, summer the, sum, the summer's like an unknown identity there could be a chance they get nothing or there's a chance they can get something great so you think they I won just, uh, just off the fact that they're taking that chance yeah, 
And I also think that right now Davis did say he wanted only a couple teams to be traded to, but I think in the summer he he opens it up a little bit. Yeah, his options so, kind of get a little widened. Yeah. I actually saw a report from Bleacher Report today that, that they're trying to see if they can sit Anthony Davis for the rest of the season given his injury before the All-Star game, which doesn't make sense because how are you going to let him play in the All-Star game, but then when the regular season comes back around, they don't let him play. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, I, I do, like, just to go off on that, sorry, I'm probably out of turn, but, like, to go off on that, though, like, the, the Pelicans will get fined if they're if they healthy scratching. But if like they, they can, if they can like somehow convince the league that you know he is injured, he did play in the All Star game, but he shouldn't have. But like we had no control over that. But like now we have control over it, and he's injured, and we don't we don't want it to get worse. You know what I mean? They could kind of alter it and not find them. Because like you, the only way you get the most for KD is if he's healthy. I mean AD. So make you know I don't know. It could yeah, work. but then also like if he is injured, or let's say something goes on, or like they shut him down, like his value does go down a little. Yeah, bit. I mean, yes, he's a star, he's a superstar in the league, but like it, six months is a long time for sure. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, last but not least, Saul. What? Uh, who do you think won that trade, or the trade that didn't go through? Um, that, now that's a kind of a tough question. Uh, the reason I say this because I feel like it was. I know, like Hamza said earlier, whichever team gets a you know better superstar, um, they automatically win the trade. That's how I kind of felt about the Clippers and Rockets trade. I I thought we gave up too much. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think Salah has statistically always had a problem with that trade. <laughs> I thought we gave up too much, and I know that was a personal bias because um, you know you guys know I'm a big fan of Patrick Beverly. But we get it, anyway, bro. He was your we neighbor. Gave up- we get it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we gave up too much, but in the, in the, I mean, we got the better player. Turned out to be great for us. Uh, Clippers didn't suffer that much either because uh, you guys see how uh, they found Harold. Harold's a tremendous player. I think um, Patrick Bailey is doing what he does, playing defense. I think he's putting up 10 and 6 a game this year. Uh, but overall, I think... He's been injured this season, too, by the way. I think if I was the Pelicans, I think the Pelicans had a solid offer on the table. They just got greedy when they started asking for four first-round picks, um, hence why their GM, uh, Mr. Dan, got fired eventually, uh, like a couple weeks afterwards. Uh, if I'm New Orleans, I'm accepting that trade. Just because you get three youngsters, Kuzma is without a doubt going to be... If not, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he has superstar potential, but he definitely has star potential. I'm not sure if he'll ever reach the all-star game or if he'll ever put up, like, MVP-type numbers, like, you know, 29 a game or 28 a game. But I definitely think with Kuzma, especially on a weak team, I think he'll give you at least 20, 22 a game. Look at what he did with the Lakers when LeBron was out. He was dropping buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo, I know Lonzo's hurt, uh, but you get him back. And I think that's another good thing, too, because I believe they're also throwing Rajon Rondo. So you get two point guards. And the reason why I say this is a good thing, because Drew Holiday, um, they're interviewing Drew Holiday while that whole drama was happening. And Drew Holiday straight up said the whole 90% of the reason I'm in New York is because of Anthony Davis. So that means if Anthony Davis is gone, that means Drew Holiday is gone soon after as well. I don't so know how his contract is looking. Player. I don't know if he can just leave, but maybe he can request a trade or something. I mean, he would request a trade. I'm sure he'd find a way out mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, uh, but <clears throat> back to my point, that means you get your future point guard, you get a solid player in Brandon Ingram, that's your um, shooting guard, you get Kuzma at three, you have Julius Rand four, and Horace playing center for you guys. I think Okafer, that's a solid man. Lineup Okafer, for a team. He, he was killing it. Yeah, he was good. 
Julio Alvarez, no joke. He was drafted third overall. I know he had a lot of character issues and child, and he was pretty childish. Um, but the guy was a talent coming out of high school, number one overall player in the class 2015. Uh, great player at Duke. Uh, he definitely has that potential as long as he can keep his, you know, character issues uh, to a minimum. So I, they definitely had a, a young starting five, everyone under the age of 25. I don't see how that's a bad thing. If they develop properly, I think they would probably need to bring in a new development coach or overall a new head coach, uh, someone that can develop the players. But I think you have maybe not in the next two to three years, but definitely in year four and five, you have a playoff team ready um and then you also get your draft capital so then you can trade those in the future and you know maybe here's get anthony davis and thank god they didn't get clay who i mean not clay i'm sorry i'm sorry they didn't get paul george because remember everyone thought paul george was gonna go to the lakers um so them not having that on their number on their books i think they can get clay um or if somehow Kawhi comes they'll get Kawhi. um but speaking of paul george have you guys seen his statue the last 10 games we get it, man. He's on your fantasy team. We get it, bro. Like <laughs> that's the only reason he knows those stats. <laughs> I mean, I've been keeping up with. Uh, I've been... He's averaging close to forty. I think he's averaging close to forty points in ten games. Yeah, and then he put up a double double last week. He's been popping all year, bro. Yeah, he's been good. So that kind of leads me into the next question is, is is Harden doesn't seem like the front runner anymore. Maybe he was at one point in the season for MVP. PG seems like the one. Giannis maybe like a one-two. They seem to be clearly ahead of of Harden in the race. What do you think Um, Harden needs to do, like just from an individual standpoint, to get the MVP? Like, what else does he have to do in these 25 games? Look, I'll answer this first. It's not, I feel like it has nothing to do with, like, Giannis and Harden, like, for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, they got if they maintain their thing, it just makes it a harder debate. But it's just, like, media and the coaches or whoever is in the voting for the MVP, like, they always have some narrative. Like, every year, it's like the criteria is different. It's not always about the best Mm -hmm. team in the league. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, because you could say the same thing for when Westbrook won it. They were like, oh, Harden had more help. But, like, if you flip that and use that same narrative this year, you can be like, yo, PG has, like, a triple-double machine with him, and he's got a good center. How is he making it, like, to the MVP discussion? You know what I mean? It's just... It's different every year. You're right. You're right. So what do you think the narrative is this year, then? Like, if if you're saying it switches every year, what what is it this year? This year, it's like Giannis, you know, Bucks is like, for, for a team, of like, you know, that organization to, like, improve like that, like, that's something substantial. I completely understand, you know, Giannis legit lifted Bucks from, like, the bottom. Mm-hmm. They used to always be from, like, 10 to 15 seed. They, they used to never really be good. Mm-hmm. And slowly, Giannis, as he improves, his team also improves. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, he's got, a, he's got, like, a really good supporting cast. Eric Bledsoe's no joke. You know, they just got Nikola Miritich, who's very underrated. He, he was popping for Pelicans before an injury. I know. Don't forget about stuff. Chris Middleton. Yeah, and Chris Middleton is another key key like guy. He has like a great work ethic. He's he's like a great second option for Giannis. You know, when Giannis can't close games because of his shooting, Chris Middleton usually picks up the slack on that part. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like what's what Harden is doing is legit. What people used to like mouthwater over Kobe like how he would go disgusting in games but the thing is Harden is doing it at a different efficiency like he's he isn't doing that that Kobe like 14 for 35 
field goal shooting to get his 40. He's doing it like at an insane efficiency. Like some of his stat lines on some of these games are insane. Like I have no idea how he's able to shoot above like 48%. That's rare though. He's not shooting 48% very consistently. I mean, he's still, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, his true shooting percentage. Oh, yeah, that's high because of his free throws. Yeah, Yeah, that's it's about 50. His true shooting percentage is is pretty high. But basically, I just think that it's going to be up to the media. I secretly wish they brought out the co-MVPs. They did that with Nash and... uh, the other guy, if we got, yeah, Duncan. They they brought out co MVPs before. I think this year they need to bring that back again. But who would Giannis your well, fine, But just like strictly, just two names. Who would be your two co? It's just Giannis and Harden. George is not. He, he's 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 amazing, but the, his impact yeah. level is not like these two. Jokic is another one. I think as he gets like you know, yeah. if he gets in a couple more years under his belt, hmm. he should definitely get consideration. In but the, that Denver team, in the discussion, Denver at least, team yeah, is deep. Like that is yeah. Denver team is super deep. Like yeah, they've had injuries, but for some reason every player they have is legit raw. Like they all of them used to. People like Beasley are stepping up and stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so those are the top four. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Sorry, I go think, ahead. Um, I think it's ridiculous uh, the amount of hate James Harden receives from the media. Um, We're also four of... Houstonians, like diehard Houston fans. Makes I'm, sense. I'm, I mean, we're gonna love him because he's on our team, but. I'm going to try to keep this unbiased as possible. I'm just going to spit pure facts right, or statistics at you right now. Um, I think it's completely ridiculous how much hate James Harden gets from the media uh, and from other NBA fans, as well as I've, I've seen a lot of Rockets fans talk mess about him too. Um, tired of hearing about, oh, free throws, free throws, free throws. Uh, if you don't want to shoot free throws, stop fouling him. How about that? Um, but let me just read you one. This is a 15-game stretch, and we all know James scored 30-plus points in 30 over 30 games i'm not sure if it's 30 or 31 games now but let me just read you these 15 game period this is james harden's point 41 points 45 41 43 44 38 32 43 40 uh 3 38 57 58 48 37 61 when is giannis or paul george for 61 points in a game please tell me the answer is zero. They haven't done it this year. I don't even think Giannis has ever hit 50 points. I'm, not, I'm sure I know Paul George gets up there in points. I don't even think Paul George has ever hit 60 points. So you're telling me a guy, and, and look at this supporting cast. That's why I also think MVP is who's the best, most valuable player, right? If you take James Harden off the Rockets, they're absolute garbage. They're worse than the, uh, but they're probably a little bit better than Phoenix, but they're uh, like at number 14 or 13 without James Harden. We saw it in the. He was out for five games. We went one and four without him. Uh, our second best player is a 34-year-old injury-prone a point guard who takes up the 40 mil of our cap space. Uh, and our second, third best player after him is also an injury-prone shooting guard yeah. in Eric Gordon, who some nights will give you 30 points on and hit 10 three-pointers. Another night will give you two points and go 0 of 16 from the three-point line. Um, Paul George's second, or Paul George's not even the first. First of all, Paul George's not even the best player on his own team. No, that's, that's, that's a lie. He is the best player. Westbrook is the most important. It's just like Golden State. Yeah, Westbrook's like yeah, but you can make now. Go ahead. But you can make the argument. There's no argument you can make as James Harden's best player on his team. Mm, yeah, makes sense. So let's just say that, right? You can make an argument that Paul George is not the better player. That I think that by itself should eliminate him from MVP. Because if you can't even be the best, most valuable player on your team. You should not be the most but, but it's a it's an individual season award, and this season he is the clear best player without like like without fail with a clear margin. 
that he's he's, he's the best player in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, he's definitely the uh, best two-way player in the league after Giannis. Definitely, That's but I mean, James Harden even over Kawhi though, Raheem. Uh, I mean, Kawhi. I mean, you could argue that he's number one, and you didn't even mention his name. No, no, no. We know Kawhi's quality and stuff, but the thing is, regular season, it's very hard to rate him because if he's not, you know, yeah, he's, he's not resting a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. He's not, you know, he's not like Paul George who's, like, trying to gun it every game. Like, yeah. Kawhi is, like, taking his time. He's, like, strategically getting his body ready for playoffs. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you can't really, I mean, yeah, he's a great two-way player. Probably he, he has potential to be, like, the best, but... I'm just, we're talking about you know MVP and then the statistics. We can't talk about the past or we can't talk about his future. It has to be like during the regular season. So that's why Giannis is the best two-way player in the game, and then obviously Paul George is behind. Mm-hmm. Though I think they're really close. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not like a dramatic you know difference between them two. Makes sense. I think and the Rockets can. Sorry, go ahead, Rim. I'm just saying like I like the, I told you the media is all about narratives and stuff, and the fact that. What, what was it like two years ago when Paul George completely broke his leg to, yeah. to recover from that and to like be a player like that at the same time staying in OKC over LA like there's all these little narratives that they can like pin together on a player to make him sound you know and the fact is it's true like for him to like stay in OKC he's he has the keys on offense and and uh what's it called and to recover from that injury like that that's amazing in itself. It's a good, it's a good, yeah. It's a good story I for PG. It's a good. Like, it, I'm glad he's having this season for sure. That's yeah. true. I I'm I, I'm especially thankful that he's having that season. Um, but oh, okay, I mean, Mr. <laughs> Fantasy. Anyways, let's let's jump to Hamza. He hasn't been able to chime in on this argument. I mean, I, what else is there to say? I mean, I literally have said everything. I mean, it, like Raheem said, perfect example. Like like literally sums it up perfectly. It's at the end of the day, it's a media award. Whatever es. Whatever first take, undisputed, whatever they're going all about every single morning, like, and these stupid guests that they bring on, like, <laughs> idiots, like, yeah, like these guys don't have any room to talk about basketball. I lost it, bro. I lost team. it so hard when Skip Bayless, I think like less than a week ago, was like, Manu, Manu is a better Hakeem. player than Hakeem. Like, yeah. in what, oh in what, God. in what universe like, is that true? Like. Not even that. It's like they bring on like Steve. They bring on all these former salty NBA players. Yeah, who, and like, they have nothing like, good like to say Jackson, about the league. Yeah, Paul Pierce, um, Jalen Rose, all these guys who literally are like, if you play them in the NBA today, they would not be that good. <laughs> they would be far worse. Yeah, they literally make like because it's a media award. Like it's the narrative is made throughout the season, right? Yeah. So like, and it's not even that Harden's narrative has been the same for how many years? Since 2015, we've been hearing that. Yeah. Oh, like he's 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 whatever this. The media loves the guys they want to choose. Last year, it just so happened that Harden had obviously we were the best team, and that he had such a great year. You couldn't give it. Out. You couldn't not give it to yeah, him. You could not give it to him. The year before, he was the MVP. We had the you know arguably we had a top three seed. And they only got the award because Westbrook had a triple double, but they were a six seed. They got bounced first round by us, right? So like, criteria criteria is extremely like up and down. Mm -hmm. So this year, I think it should only be Giannis or Harden in the conversation. Paul George had a great year. Yes, I agree. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, they overall as a team, I think the the Thunder, if they like, they added Markeith Morris or Mark, yeah, Markeith Morris, right? Yep. They're a legitimate threat to the to the Warriors. The way Westbrook is playing now, 
the way Westbrook yeah, plays he, as a facilitator. If he plays that pass passing, first, yep, yep, yep. If he plays pass first, the Thunder are a legitimate team, right? Mm-hmm. The Rockets are only a th- great threat if Harden is epic, right? Yep, he so has like, to be scoring like 35 yeah. a night, making like eight threes. Like, that's the and, only way they win. Yeah. And even besides that, they're still a top, they're gonna end. I think the Rockets will end up being a top four seed in the West, and he's gonna end up averaging for a season almost thirty seven. Like he's yeah, gonna put up. He's at thirty six six right now. Thirty six point six. Thirty six right now. Yeah. He could end up easily like getting to Jordan. Jordan averaged thirty seven in a year, one year. Yeah, they're gonna rob him of MVP. They're gonna rob and him of MVP. If he's averaging, if he's averaging thirty seven, almost seven rebounds and eight assists a game, and on shooting on like legitimate forty five, yeah. then the MVP. Then what is the MVP? You mean at the end of the day, social media, all this stuff is going to end up ruining the word, right? Exactly. And I don't think fans, no, no, I don't, I don't think fans, but I think it's just like it's literally like just like arguing against Harden, right? Yeah, I was the only one for him, but like their argument makes no sense. They're just like, oh, well. Um, you know, I think they're like, just mad at the fact that the way he goes about his scoring, it's it's more it's for like, that than it is like he doesn't deserve MVP. It's they're more mad yeah, at the way he gets things done. But see, what I hate is though, like Raheem said, in the early 2000s, that's the pie of the basketball we played one on one, like just do you up. Like the one now that Steph Curry's come around, the Warriors have come around. This like high flying, like Showtime Lakers brand, like so like it's in the in the 90s it was the same way. Showtime Lakers, everyone wanted to watch. Then it became Jordan, Kobe, all these guys going one on one, like going at you, right? Like more physical yeah. type game. And now when the Warriors came back, similar thing, run up and down, running gun, right? Now the Harden is literally like a reincarnated Kobe Bryant, right? He's he's like he's more efficient than Kobe, right? Man, I'm, like I'm not gonna say anything because I know people Kobe fans are gonna listen, so I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut about him. Kobe's great, I love Kobe, but anyways, topic he's playing the game that everyone used to fall in love with but now he's getting hated on for yep, the same yep, so it makes yep, no sense yep. Yep. it's the narrative so, you're right I think, I think, murders. but it, what we all, uh, I think in the basketball world, everyone can correct, collectively agree on is that Harden is the best lefty to ever do it. Like, that's one thing that's just, oh, yeah, that's pure, no, and that's, he's, there's no one that has even come close to this guy. He's arguably already, like, fourth best shooting guard of all time. Well, I mean, like, David Robinson's up there, but yes, he's better. Mm-hmm. But he's a big man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, David, David Robinson was, was yeah. insane. Yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, no, he's really good, but he got worked by Hakeem every single time, but, you know, that's a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, Manu is better than Hakeem, sources yeah, say. Yeah, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless, if you ever hear this, I know you, but if, if we ever get big and you hear this, I just want you to know you need to retire, man. You're old. <laughs> I think Sean, oh, Shannon man. Sharp's reaction to that was, was beyond hilarious. He was like, I'm going to throw you out of the gym. I'm going to throw you out of here. You know, it was funny. It was, it was hilarious. We, we should all know by now that, like, you know, that that's what causes us to tune in. That's what causes us to have a reaction. Oh, yeah. And he's very baby. smart. Like, yeah, he's very smart because, you know, he got he got to keep getting them checks. So you gotta keep saying whatever comes to his mouth first, and then ride with it like it's true. Yeah, because Skip Bayless, this is Skip Bayless, two major points in the sports world, which everyone disagrees. He hates on LeBron. Majority of America loves LeBron. He's a big Cowboys fan. Majority of America hates the Cowboys. That's how he makes his. That's how he gets his clout. <laughs> that's how he gets his name. That's how he gets views. Yeah, it makes sense. So I mean, like, okay. I mean, like, who's a cow? In all honesty, who's a Cowboys fan? Like, come on, man. I can think of a few people. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, last question, and then we'll do a little uh, bit at the end, which is just trivia. 
So the last question before the trivia actually is Zion, obviously, maybe just as much hype, if not a little more, than LeBron coming out starting from high school like he has the same like hype crazy athleticism what like six nine three hundred pounds like this guy should not be doing what he's doing there's five teams that are in the running to get him as the first pick it's the hawks the knicks the bulls the suns and the Cavs. what team do you think he thrives in the best and why we'll start with Saul. i got this one um if and only if I think the best case scenario for him would be if the Knicks got the first overall pick. Um, I don't see them trading it away. I see him going first overall. And if that is the case, and if our predictions, as many people's predictions are, the Knicks sign Kyrie and KD, which um, a lot of people have said. And if he gets to play with the second best player in the NBA and a great point guard in Kyrie Irving, I think that's the best for his development. I think that's the best for his uh, basketball IQ, for his mindset. Um, everything I think that that would be the best situation for him as a career like you you come out of college at age 18 19 and you get to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving Uh, if he goes to the Hawks I don't I'm not sure I think it'll take him a couple years to vote Uh, the talent is there but it's just that his game is one dimensional Uh, I I don't watch that much college basketball I've seen his highlights since high school Um, he doesn't have a jump shot Um, he plays good defense he's just uh, he's like Giannis but without that high, I mean, if I think he has probably has a higher ceiling, but he's just like Giannis. Uh, Giannis when he came out of the league, uh, but he's actually bigger than Giannis, which is actually scary. But same stuff. Giannis could only dunk, play good defense and rebound. I think Zion's the same. He needs to develop his game. Uh, depending on which team he goes to, I think that actually plays out on how good of an NBA player he becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamza, you got anything to say about that? No, I mean. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I I would. I, I do agree. If he is with stars, he does get improvement. I mean, the Suns. Look, I don't. Think that was my sleeper. The Suns. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think a team would pass on Zion, right? Like. I. I mean, does he really fit with the Suns? I mean, he does. They do need a wing, right? But they they do have guys. Obviously, like. Like like Saul said, like I watch a good amount of college basketball. Like he's he like the way he plays his game. Like he's like. Giannis is actually a very good comparison in terms of like how he gets his buckets. It's not all about dunks, not like that. This guy has a really good like he's good down to the post and he has a good mid range game. Yeah, he can't shoot threes. It's fine, but it's not like he doesn't take them. He still takes threes. Like yeah, he's he knows, actually he's actually a very knows, good shooter. Like he's not percentage bad, wise. right? Yeah, but he, obviously he's not a lights out shooter, but that yeah. doesn't matter, right? If he's like right now, Ben Simmons never attempts a single three. Yeah, like this I think guy, he's like almost every. But but like he, but Ben Simmons almost every night. Like points aren't the issue for triple double. Like the guy gets his buckets right. So Zion is gonna get buckets right. The whole point is like, for him to be like, the the fulfill the hype he's gonna have to. Like LeBron is the same thing. Like LeBron didn't wasn't a good shooter until, like, after that final that 07, that 07, the first time where people are like oh damn he can like. But that 07 run was like when people were like, oh, like he could kind of shoot, right? So like that took him a while, and he was by himself. So like I like Saul like Saul said, I think if he goes to a team where he'll like he can succeed in the Hawks. I mean they've got Young and Collins, like they're pretty solid, you know. And so he could he could succeed there. The Cavs, I honestly think like if he goes there, like he'll still be good. Oh, but, like, I think that's the worst team on the list for him because but, if he like, goes there, he's like, he's in LeBron's like, shadow forever. Develop, development wise is gonna be hard. Not even LeBron's shadow. It's just like who do they like. Colin Sexton is all right. Like, who do they really have? Like, not like a, not like a rookie needs that. I, I, think, I think it's it more of a psychological thing, though. You're like number yeah. one overall pick, as much hype well, as LeBron. Like, I think I, going to the Cavs for him would be the worst. 
He yeah, if I could really be the worst. Something that I think going to like Cavs, I'd go to the Bulls no. before the Cavs if I was him. Like I would much rather go to the Bulls. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think I think if he goes to either of those teams, his development gets done. Because if he goes to the Cavs, right? I think I think Kevin Love's out this year as well. I think they're gonna trade him or cut him or whatever that deal is. But it, it, like I'm to say, if he goes to the Cavs, he's the man there. And at 18, 19, especially not being a complete player, which not a lot many of these players are when they come out of college. I think he's going to struggle immensely. Um, they can game plan against him very easily. I know he's like he's not 300 pounds, but he's like he's like 260, 270. He's built like a he's gigantic, um, bro. I think yeah, he's, he's I think he's close to 300 like, pounds. He's built like a tight end. He's built like an NFL tight end. Like he's 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 he's, he's, he's more big. He's bigger than Gronk. He's like a yeah. He, 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 I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's bigger than Gronk, which is crazy. Yeah, he's like a couple pounds. Like if you put on 10, 15, he'd probably play left tackle. Uh, but, <laughs> Uh, but I think I think he's 284. I just looked it up. 284 oh, pounds of just pure Christ. power. He's 284, and he's can you believe that, bro? He's a 2000s baby. He was born in the year 2000. That is that is ridiculous. Yeah, he probably eat all this. He probably he probably eat Raheem. Raheem's 6'1", 200, bro. All right, and Raheem, what are your thoughts on Zion and where he fits best out of those five? So before I say where he fits best, uh, I'd like to mention that. Well, how tall is he? I think he was. Six, I think he's seven. six eight or six seven, six eight. Six seven, six eight, and you said he weighs like two eighty, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say like that type of weight on your knees, especially when you're like a high athletic player. Like I feel like if he doesn't take proper precaution, it's gonna take a toll on him later. Like I just have <laughs> a good. Beat. And NCAA is modern day slavery. That's a bold. That's a bold statement, but I, I won't no, disagree. I, with, I don't. I don't disagree with it too much. I agree. Yeah. Read some of these papers. Read some of these articles, bro. They're yeah. making billions. NCAA is a billion dollar. No, for company. sure. Industry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. industry, company, whatever you want to call. And these players don't get paid anything. I think it's ridiculous. People, I mean, people have just, the argument that they're getting like a scholarship and they never have to pay for anything on school, but like that's yeah, nothing. But, I mean, that's nothing in, in mean, what they're generating. That's and I agree with that. I agree with that hard. So, I, so I wrote a I wrote a paper about this in English too, second semester freshman year. So like I said, NCAA is a billion dollars. Wow, that's some that's some great insight. Thanks for that. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let, me Let me finish. So I know you said oh like they shouldn't get paid their own full scholarship and all that this and that right. But you have to understand, a lot of these kids come from situations that me and you and, the, and like majority of our friends and majority of people we hang around with do not know what their life situation was or where they come from. We all know, we all hear, oh, you know, single parent came from the hood, blah, blah, this and that. In the full scholarship, it's just housing and the lounge or whatever crap food that they give you at the dining halls, right? That's it. That's all that's covered in tuition, I guess. Like, your books, which half of these people probably don't even care about school that much. Um, that <laughs> that's cover, <just> rude. <laughs> I know. Like, but, like, you have to understand, like, uh, like they they don't have enough money or they're, for the amount that they're bringing into the school, they're not getting, they're getting zero cents out of that, right? And they have people to take care of. That's why a lot of these NCAA, why do you think NCAA players live after one year? And now it's it's translating over to the NFL. Uh, kids leave after a sophomore year. I think this year there's a record 18500 classes that declared for the NFL draft. That's crazy because like you're making billions of dollars off these kids, and they get zero. And a lot of them, majority of them, have to take care of people. And that's just I think that's where the messed up part is. Like they can, and I think if they start paying them even just a little bit, like maybe like a grand, fifteen hundred a game or something. I don't know, but like I think you're, I think the t, uh, what do you call it? 
comes with what's this thing called like TV uh, uh, views and all that. I think that would go because like if you see, yeah, like like you know just like your endorsements and all that. I think that increases too because you look at players like who was it? Um, there was this one player. I think his name was Cameron Artist Payne. He played for Auburn. This guy left after sophomore year because his mom was homeless. He needed an NFL check. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh... So I think I think. I think they need to start paying NCAA. Uh, NCAA needs to start paying their um, players, especially, um, especially like the star one, like Zion, Jameis Winston. All these players they should have gotten paid. Hmm. Kyler, oh, I don't think Kyler Murray should. Kyler Murray's from Allen, the annual income of Allen. Is <laughs> All right, we're not gonna get into demographics here. Uh, Raheem, what's your what's your uh, you're continuing that discussion of where Zion fits oh, best for Zion? So. I, I believe based on like how like the thing is I'm, I haven't been watching college like these past I used to be very like I used to be able to you know be like my own personal scout for NBA players but I'm just gonna ride with uh, you know what I read about him from like all these like NBA uh, articles and stuff so uh, if he's been, if he is like the next coming of a superstar I'm not gonna say LeBron you know because uh, I doubt I doubt someone's gonna take that guy's shoes. In terms of like his basketball IQ and his ability to play make, I don't know if Zion can personally do that already, but mm-hmm. I always thought he was more of a gunner based on how, um, like you know, the clips I see and his uh, like demeanor and how people like viewed him. Yeah. But as for teams, I think you know, like I said, if he is the coming of the next superstar, I think a player like that should be able to change any franchise overnight, right? Yeah. My 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 like discussion would be based on which team deserves it more and so based on these five teams i would say Cavs. they've been getting the luck of the draw like a, a bit too much yeah like it's kind of unreal players. yeah i think you know they, they should not get a player like that especially i have a very like i do not like dan gilbert like i think that guy mm. is cool and i think he like puts his ego well i mean i don't blame him he's a billionaire after all but mm. i just don't think you know Cavs deserve a player like that so soon Knicks, I mean, Knicks is a very, like, from the top, I don't know what they've been doing, but they're lucky to have such a loyal fan base. Yeah. And the fact that Knicks, the, you know, the Madison Square Garden will always get sold out because of tourists just walk, trying to watch a basketball game or, like, their loyal uh, fan base. So I would count Knicks out. I feel like they'll probably just die trying to sign free agents every year. <laughs> Bulls, I see Bulls. Bulls is a great organization. I mean... But they kind of have the similar problem with Knicks. They have, uh, like, uh, I don't know the guy's first name, but I know it's Paxson, and the other guy's name is, like, Gar or something. I don't know, I think Hamza might know. His name is, like, Garrison. John Paxson. John Paxson. The other guy? Yeah. And Garrison, is that the owner? Yeah, Paxson's the GM. I forgot the owner's name. Well, basically, those two guys are, like, pretty terrible. I mean, Chicago is a beautiful city. Uh, the, or, like, you know, that franchise is just like Knicks where it's story. But, again, I would corrupt, like, you know, with these guys, they they don't really deserve a player of that quality. So I would strike them out. So that would leave the Hawks and the Suns. Suns, I think they have too much talent at the moment. They just don't know how to uh, put it all together. I think what they need to draft is, like, a freaking number one coach or a number one manager or someone that can <laughs> compile all that talent and, like, I put I agree. They need a coach. They need a developmental. Yeah. They have tons of quality. They have Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren is very solid, and they have DeAndre. They're what else do you want? 
Yeah, my man Igor, y'all be sleeping on my man Igor. Yeah, dude. I don't know. But also, <laughs> I think I, I also think that if not the Knicks, my first pick was would be for him to go to the Knicks, and then it'd be the Suns because of the talent level. The Knicks can acquire two max level guys, which will be the best for his growth, and then the Suns are the next talented I think on this list. And and he could really turn that franchise around. They lack good defense. They have good scoring, but their defense is bad. And Zion's like a defensive stopper, right? So it'll help them in the area that they're weak in. You're saying for them to go in the sun, but the thing is, there's so many ego personalities. He can't really properly thrive in a place where Booker is there, a place where DeAndre Ayton is trying to, you know, on the come up. Then you got like a previous lottery with like Josh. But I also think in a different aspect, like. Devin Booker signed his contract. He has his money. Now he needs to just focus on winning. And now if he adopts the mentality of, you know, I will do what it takes to win the game, he will incorporate Zion as much as he can. I, that's my like my take on it. No, no, I agree. But at the same time, will players like Booker and them who have been in, like, a losing situation, will they properly thrive? And will they, will they, be, will they be able to, like, guide Zion? Like, the 76ers, even though they were tanking a couple of years ago, for some reason, Brett Brown... And a couple of players that were there, like uh, Robert Covington, like they were, they were able to put in work every single night, and they carried some values, mm. like all the way to you know now. And it shows, like Brett Brown, like the organization trusts Brett Brown, and they're you know like obviously Embiid from you know missing seasons and stuff. Like he's even trusted Brett Brown because during those losing situations, they were still able to try. They still like you know they had qualities that. You know, you can trust a coach and stuff like that. I just think Suns, I mean, Zion obviously would make any team better, so there's no argument there. But at the same time, I think Zion would be best on the Hawks. Like, the yeah. Hawks, I think, in my opinion, are a smart organization. They knew when to blow it up. They realized when Teague, Millsap, Horford, Corver, and uh, Joe Johnson wasn't cutting it. They smart. They were smart. They cut their. They cut those players out. Obviously, Horford I think went away from free agency, so that was probably the climax point of starting this like rebuild. But they made like smart financial decisions. I mean, Baysmore could be like a topic, but at the same time, they had money to burn. Yeah. I just think that. The but Hawks didn't they up. resign? Were they the ones who gave Hardaway that contract, or was that the Knicks? No, no, no. No, uh, they, Knicks. the Knicks stole him. Yeah, the Knicks signed him, and Hawks were. They made a smart decision. They were like, you know, oh, okay. you know that's what I that's what I originally thought. Okay, yeah. So, so that that was a good move for yeah. them. They didn't resign. Hawk. I mean, obviously, Atlanta's a beautiful city. I feel like I feel like a player of Zion's caliber in terms of marketing would be best suited in Hawks. Obviously, to improve the East would be a good thing, right? Yeah, I think that'd be a good compliment to Trey Young too. That'd be nice. Justin Collins, good. Exactly, good and Trey Young there. So I think I see a powerful combo there. But I'm just saying, based on the city and the organization. I think he would nurture properly there. I mean, you can see Trey Young. Trey Young was given the keys to like shoot, but now they, after they gave him that, like you know, the keys to like shoot like crazy, they started toning him down a little bit. And Trey Young is like adapting to that, and now he's shooting efficiently. I think. Yeah. I think based on uh, the last, yeah. He's so I think oh, he's creeping up to the forty percent, forty five percent mark. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see how they're like uh, they're trying out new things, and they're you know you never really hear any crazy coming out of Atlanta, like anything negative, yeah, like coach wise and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from the racist incident, which is funny because that same manager is now for the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think Hawks. I think Hawks. You know, deserve it. They deserve a player like that. They, I don't think they've had a lottery pick like that in a long time. Do the Hawks have the Mavericks pick as well? Because what was that, Luca? Didn't they get? So yeah. does, does that yeah. mean the yeah. Mavericks actually have two picks? They have two picks in the first round. Yeah. No, that, that. Who did the Mavericks give up for Porzingis then? 
Because they gave him a first round pick too. Was that 2020? There's a different next year, if I'm not mistaken. That's next year. Yeah, so that means they have two laundry picks this year then, because Mavericks aren't yeah. Mavericks are basically tanking this year. Um, so yeah, that means they possibly might get two top ten picks. Yeah, they look to be like a smart franchise. I mean. We'll see how they, you know, hopefully they draft well. I think Trey Young was a good pick. Um, you know, obviously Luka Doncic is amazing, but, you know, we don't know about things seven, eight years from now. I mean, I always tell people that there was one year that Tyreek averaged 25-5 and Curry averaged, like, you know, 15-5-4. And everyone thought Tyreek would be, you know, like the next mini LeBron. But, like, obviously eight years later, Curry just turned disgusting. <laughs> That's I would true. always, I'd always give it time. There's always a chance that one player might be better than the other at the end of the day, or they might match, or you know, the player that's not shown the like recognition, he might go off. So, yeah. Raheem, just remember the Minnesota Timberwolves passed on Steph Curry twice with the fifth overall. They took Ricky oh, Rubio, and then at seven, they took Johnny Flynn. That's his name. Make sure you remember his name, David Hahn. That's the biggest. Danny Ferry. No, no, David Hahn for Minnesota Timberwolves. Ah, oh, come on, is he oh, yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. no, He's tarnishing the brown name. <laughs> no, but no, that, guy, to... that guy got fired pretty quickly. <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, right. Back to Raheem's point real quick, I think um, Atlanta probably, even if they don't get first overall pick, I think they still have a solid chance of making that Like an R.J. Barrett or something, yeah. yeah. Cause you, no, no, because like, if you think about it, does get the first round pick, right? Atlanta has a solid package to offer if you think because they're trying to get rid of Bazemore anyway all the teams in the lottery I think majority of them especially in the top five all of them have cap space mm-hmm. um, so if you think about it if yeah, I mean if I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan all I'm hoping is that Dallas keeps sucking and their draft pick because their draft pick is yours so um, if you get two top ten and let's just say you get two top seven picks I would offer that with Bazemore to whoever has a first round pick and draft Zion mm-hmm. yeah. but I'm not sure with the high fan Clout got Zion, well, which is well deserved. I don't know if it's the first overall. Or if they get uh, uh, the other guy, RJ Barrett. I mean, he apparently he's been pretty close to Zion. In terms yeah, he yeah, just, he just loses part of the spotlight because of how good Zion is. But uh, he's very talented. Yeah, RJ, RJ is a hooper man. Yeah, he'd go first round. He'd be first pick any other year. I think he's a more he's a more NBA complete he's ready. More, yeah, he's a more complete player. You're right? But the Zion's ceiling, you have to give Zion the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll be it'll be nice. It'll be nice to see. Let's see. Hopefully, you didn't get her too uh, bad today. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But I think all three Duke uh, Duke freshman stars, the trio, uh, Cam Reddish, uh, R.J. Barrett, and Zion. I think they go one through. I mean, Zion first. And I think that would be the first time in like like NCAA history where the same team drafts the top three. Well, I was I've I've, I've seen many mock drafts. There's some point guard from Murray State, or I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. He goes to some small school. I'm not sure. Uh, he's been getting consideration at two and three just because he's a point guard. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I think the three out of top four picks are playing on Duke right now, which is ridiculous. It's tons. They're they have their pick the, this upcoming year, right? Who does? Boston? The Suns, they, they, have, they have a pick this draft. They didn't trade it away, right? Their pick? No, I don't no, think no. so. Man, that, that's that's crazy to know another talented player is coming to that roster. Like, I just don't know. After a they while, figure it be, out. After a while, it'll be like a uh, worse Boston Celtics in terms of talent, where there's just a bunch of like good players, but there's no role. Yeah, I, feel like that's I hope I hope in the in the in the next four years they make the they make the playoffs so I can go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so I can attend. <laughs> 
No, I think I think I think I think Phoenix is on the brink of something amazing. Is just uh, there's there's so many teams now that that are on the brink, right? You got the the Timberwolves, right? They're always nah, on the brink. Nah, you got, but you got. I mean, but I'm talking about like teams that that can make. They have the ability to make the playoffs every year. Now you have Dallas in the running, and then you'll have Phoenix with another pick, and oh, then you got like these the up and coming teams, right? Like. It's going to be yeah. like even harder for the years to come for people to make the playoffs. Kings are yeah, a very but, young I mean, team. They're going to be great. Clippers. Like, all these teams are always in the running every year. You know what I mean? I just feel extremely bad for Carl Anthony Towns to have a player like Wiggins. Oh, yeah. He doesn't oh, produce man. anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, like, look at last year. Denver Nuggets. They missed the playoffs. They're number two. They were number one for so long in, in the West. Yeah, it's just, just the West is just, like, it's, it's, and it's last a... Year, and last year, honestly, they were in the playoff race. They just didn't have, like, a vet. They, they just weren't experienced. Exactly. They just chose just one year there. extra of experience. They, 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 they missed by. They They were at nine by half a game. I don't, I'm not sure who made eight, but... Uh, the Pelicans did. Pelicans. No, no, no. Minnesota did. You're right. You're right. Minnesota did because Pelicans played. Uh, they played the the Portland Trailblazers first. No, no, no. Pelic- so Pelicans were six. Yeah, and, then, uh, and Portland was three. We were first. Golden State was two. Uh, Pelicans. I mean, Portland was three. I believe San Antonio was four. Uh, no, 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 no. San Antonio was seven last year. Yep, San Antonio was oh, really? seven. You're right. You're right. What you call it? Thunder and uh, Jazz. Oh, Thunder. <laughs> PG got worked by <laughs> Joe Ingles, my MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, we're going to finish it off with just uh, trivia. So basically how it's going to happen is I'll ask a question, and then you guys will answer uh, starting from – we'll just go and start with front with Raheem, then we'll go Sahal, then Hamza, and just give me the answer, and then I'll tell you who's right, who's wrong. So the first question we have is for trivia is what two all-stars have an above 90% free throw shooting percentage? Two all-stars. So we're going to start with Sahal, then Raheem, then Hamza. So Sahal, what are your two answers? Uh, yeah, current all stars yep, in the league today have a uh, free throw percentage above 90%. Who are the two? Um, I'm going to go with Kyrie and Chris Paul. No, dog. St- all stars oh, this year. Right? 2019 all stars. Oh, this year? Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Kyrie, definitely one of them. Okay. Uh, I know he's above 90. Uh, oh, KD. Okay. You said Kyrie and KD. Okay, Hamza? Yeah. I mean, uh, Raheem, go. One of them has to be Curry, bro. Like I, I'm pretty sure. Like I see so many of his stats. I think Curry is one. Okay. Curry's at eight. Curry's at eight nine. Oh. No, he's not. But you already said it. He's not. He's not at eighty nine. He's he, he he's one of them. Don't once you've answered, don't answer again. It'll throw off the rest. So so who's the other? Who's the other so one? One one's Curry. That's for sure. Give me like ten seconds to think. Um, You're on a shot clock. Okay, East has no none of those. Man, I can't. I don't think two people will be on Golden State. I'm gonna say no. I'm not gonna say. Karen. That'll help you. Yeah, they're not on the same team. They're not on the same team. So what's your final answer? Okay, no big man. So it's not Davis or someone like. Le- it's definitely not LeBron. It's definitely not Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Three. I mean, Towns is pretty good. Two. Well, I I'm need to say Towns. Towns. Okay, that's your two answers. So you're saying Stefan Towns, uh, Sahal said, uh, Kyrie and KD, and then Hamza, what's your answer? This is for the whole NBA, right? This is, yeah. What's up? Yeah, this is the whole NBA. Yep. So I think it's Curry and Kemba. 
Curry and Kemba. That's a good guess. But the answer is... The answer is Steph and Damian Lillard. He's shooting 90 points. Oh, Lillard. He's the guy who's shooting too. Logo Lillard. Yep. Dude, he actually killed it at the All-Star game. He was one who was part of the reason they brought him back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next question. Same same format. We'll do Sahol, Raheem, then Salim. Who's the league leader in blocks right now? Ooh, easy. <laughs> I think I think Joel I know why Hamza knows this one. <laughs> Joel and me. Okay, that's your answer, Raheem. Go. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad that I probably don't know the leader, but I can name ten other people as top ten. <laughs> well, then if you know the top ten, you should know the top one. <laughs> I know people like JaVale McGee's up there. I know Wendell Carter Jr. is up there. I need one name, bro. One name. Man. I'm going to say Davis, bro. Anthony Davis. Okay, so we have uh, Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis. Uh, what is your answer? What is the correct answer, Hamza? My guy, Miles oh, Turner. Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers. He's averaging a whopping 2.7 blocks a game. That's pretty crazy. He's a defense. He should. I think. Yeah. He, I think he's in the running for defensive player of the year for sure. He should tell me. Tell me. Gobert. Either Gobert's not up there. Gobert should be. Don't let me check where Gobert is. I think he was up there. Gobert's up there. He's two. I think almost. Um, blocks per game. Anthony Davis is actually number two, so that's a good. No, I don't think anyone wow. guessed Anthony Davis. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Where's Embiid? Where's Embiid? Embiid is not even in the top five, man. So you have oh, Miles God. Turner. At, yeah, Embiid is uh, Miles Turner's at two point seven. Davis is at two point five. Gobert third at two point one, and then you got Whiteside at tied for fourth at two point one. Okay, next question. Same format. Sahil, Raheem, Hamza, uh, Harden, and Steph are the league leaders in three point attempts. Guess what the number is. In attempts? Percentage? No, attempts. So how much do you think Harden attempts oh. and Steph? So Harden is one, is Steph it, is two. Per game or total? Per game. Wait, wait, can you can you clarify oh, it more? Uh, so like how like many how think? many how many threes does Harden attempt a game? And how many do you think Steph attempts a game? They're one and two in terms of most attempted threes in a game. Um Harden definitely has I just Harden, need two numbers. Say, Whoever's closer uh, wins. I'm going to go Harden at seven and Steph at um, eight. Wait, but Harden has more, so you have to give a higher number for Harden. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Harden at seven, uh, Steph at six. So Harden, Bro, that's too low. Harden seven and Harden, uh, Steph six? Oh. Are you talking about... You talking about in a single game, yes. in a single game, there is an average three-point attempted per like person. Like, how many uh, like attempts a game does Harden get? Do you think? It's not that hard. So I'll answer, man. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think because uh, Harden definitely hits. I mean, I've seen Harden point two in the game. I'm gonna go Harden at like fourteen. Okay. And then Steph. And then Steph had like 10. Okay, 14 and 10. Remember those two numbers. Raheem, go. Okay, so I know Harden shoots like 38% from three. So that, I'm going to make a, like a guesstimation. I'm pretty sure he launches. Dog, I don't need your algorithm. I just need two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know he launches 13 or 15. I just don't know the exact number. I'm just going to say like 13.8. Okay, okay. 13.8. And then what is I know, I know for sure, like, obviously, I'm, that number is just random, but I know for sure it's in 13 or 15, and I'm going to say he makes 
most people make three a game, but he's been on a hot streak. So I'm gonna say he makes like. This is this is this is not three points made. This is three point attempted. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm just trying to like self calculate. So I'm pretty sure he he shoots. Okay, I'm gonna just say he shoots thirteen point five. All right. Oh my god! So your first your first guess was what thirteen point eight. This guy Google. Hey, this guy Google. No, I will lie. Google. <laughs> okay, so your number was thirteen point five, and then what for? What about for Steph? Just one number. I don't need that whole algorithm again. I think I think Steph's like twelve point seven. I don't think he's that far. Twelve point seven. Okay, and then uh, what are you? Okay, I think I think I'm on with Raheem about Harden. So I think he's around thirteen something. I need a number because this is a competition. Uh, oh. Closest number. All right. What did Raheem? Raheem's final Raheem answer was thirteen point five. Thirteen point five. All right. I'm gonna say thirteen point six. Okay. This is All ridiculous. Right. Okay, and then Steph. <laughs> and then Steph is lower. I think he's like around eleven. Eleven. Eleven point five. <laughs> Dog, there's no way you didn't Google this. Those are the exact numbers. There's no way. There, there's no way you knew this. Dog, you. How are you gonna guess at the decimal point? The, the, the numbers are 13.6 and 11.5. Let, 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 let me, let me, let me run you through. Him, I wanted to outdo him, right? So I think. No, shut up, bro. There's no way you didn't Google. I don't buy it for a second. Bro, Allahi, I did not. Bro, I swear to you, I didn't. Okay, those are the, those are the two numbers. Thirteen point six is Harden, and okay, Steph is eleven point five. That's crazy. Anyways, we're gonna move on. I don't, I don't, I don't know who cheated, who didn't. It's fine. It's supposed to be fun trivia, but if if you got it right, then kudos to you. Anyways. Question. I'm trying to. I'm trying to murder. What was Curry's number? Eleven point five. You guess twelve point seven. Oh, yeah. But can we can we can we talk about Saul's first guesses seven and eight? I'm yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> next question. I how many made. it's attempted. So okay, next question. Okay, Saul, Raheem, and Hamza. These that's the format again. Saul, Raheem, Hamza. So the the next question is, what two teammates are in are their teammates are the league leaders one and two in skills? Oh, that's easy. Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I was about to say that. There's the Westbrook man. He he takes them, and George is because the defensive player. Yeah, George is averaging like what? Yeah, George is getting like what? 2.5 steals a game? 2.3. Yeah, yeah. PG's one. PG's one at 2.3, and then Westbrook's 2.2 at two. Okay. No, but the answer is the answer is the Oklahoma City people. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Second answer would be like after them would be Bucks. I think Bloodsore and Giannis. I'm pretty sure they get Or Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton gets. Well, that kind of goes into my next question. Who's the third league leader in steals? Just single person. Who's the third? Who's number three on that list? You think John? Okay, we'll do. Well, this is the format. We'll do Raheem, Sahal, Hamza. So Giannis is Hamza Raheem's answer. Sahal? James Harden. Okay, and Salim? Is your Google broken? You asking Raheem or me? I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, damn. I can hear. Uh, so Raheem said Giannis. What? Yeah, Raheem Ooh, said Giannis. Giannis. Uh, yeah, Raheem said Giannis saying... and Saul said Harden. I think... I think I see. one of the other books is up there. Bledsoe or Brogdon? No, no, no. These aren't teammates. I'm just asking for oh, the third. Just one, right? Yeah, third. Number three after those yeah, guys, Yeah, right? yeah. I'm going to say Bledsoe. Do you think he's number three overall in the League of Steals? I think he's, he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a swipe, man. He's well, got swipe. we got to give this one to... Well, Bledsoe's not even in the top five, so... 
Yeah, um, Harden okay. is number three, so good job, Saul. I'm proud of you. All right, he doesn't play defense, but... Oh, what's up? Wait, hold on. Hold on, Harden's third? Yep, Harden is yeah, third. Like he's like 2.5. He, so, 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 the number, so the numbers are 2.5 or 2.3 for PG, 2.2 for Westbrook and Harden. They're both averaging 2.2. And then the fourth number is Jimmy Butler at two. And five is Kawhi with his baseball mitt gl- hands. Yeah, Kawhi's tired. Giannis, uh, he's not even in the top five. I only have the lowest for top five. So the last and uh, final question we'll do Hamza... Raheem and then Saul. And then, okay, so what ages are the oldest and youngest NBA players, and who are they? I go first? Yep. Uh, so oldest, I think, is uh, Dirk at 40. Okay. Come on, 41. Nah, bro, it's Salim's time to answer the questions. So we're going to let him answer the questions, and then you're going to go last. All right? I won't get a chance to answer. The youngest? Yeah. The youngest is 19. Who? Uh, Luca. Okay, so you got Luca 19, Dirk at 40, and then Raheem? Well, someone said Dirk is 41, right? I honestly thought he was 43, so I'm going to just back that one off. But the youngest player, to me, it's always going to be Booker, because I swear he's always like four years off of everybody. But <laughs> I think this year, I'm going to say, I think Tatum left. Tatum's pretty young, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say Tatum. And then the oldest? Dirk. Uh, at what age? Uh, 43. And, I'm pretty, I thought he was 43. And how old do you think Jason Tatum is again? Uh, 20. Okay. So, uh, you've already locked in your answer, but uh, Salim said Luca was 19. Just throwing that out there. Okay, so I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll release the the answer at the end. But Saul go. Luca turns twenty this weekend or next weekend. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Saul, <laughs> so go ahead. Who's the youngest? At what age? Um, the oldest. oldest. The oldest is uh, Vince Carter. You guys forgot Vince Carter still plays, and he came into the league before Dirk. Vince Carter's the oldest. Yeah, I think the youngest. What age? What age? Uh, what age? Uh, I think I think he's forty three. Okay. And then the youngest? Between 42, 40. And then the youngest? Um, it's not Luca because I know Kevin Knox was born in, like, December of 1999. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure if he is the youngest, but I'm... I'm, I'm going to go uh, Kevin Knox on the Knicks final answer. That's the youngest. What age? Uh, 19. Yeah, he's 19 right now. Yeah, the oldest and there's a bunch of players who are 19. Kevin Knox is one of them. Luca is also one of them. And Jason Tatum is not. Jason Tatum is 20. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I think you were a little blazed. I could have sworn he was younger than All right, that, that concludes our uh, podcast and trivia for this week. I don't know how often we're going to do this or how often we'll get to do this, but it was fun. I appreciate you guys' time. It took us a little bit over an hour to do this. I don't know how much after editing it'll get done and everything like that, but thank you all for your contribution, uh, your um, opinions, your thoughts, the facts that you guys spitted. Um, Hopefully this is a routine thing and we can get a good timetable for when we can do it and when we should do it and I can get it uploaded fast. Uh, Until next time, thank you so much, guys, and good luck with everything y'all are up to.